Hi, welcome to another episode of Shaky Sports Journeys. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, these two girls are superstars already and, and, and big, big futures ahead. That's the fact that they're still very young. And it's very refreshing to be speaking to two Scottish female cricketers who are household names now. I mean, in my time playing, it wasn't so much. I mean, I knew of the the, the, the women's game, but what we know now and what we're seeing now is, is fantastic to see. I welcome the two sisters, Catherine and Sarah Bryce. How are you girls? Good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Very well, very well. Um, you know, I was saying to you, Sarah, before we started, you know, whenever anybody asks you how you are or what you're up to, there's not really much you can say right now. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I went for yeah, a walk well, earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. There's, really, there's really not much That's going it. on. I mean, in your life, I'm, I'm assuming there's, you're a bit busy. Are you down in Loughborough just now? Yeah, down in Loughborough. So we're lucky that we're still able to train a little bit um, and get out. Um, a little bit more, but yeah, still a lot of walks and to the same canal and back in different directions. But and I, I was asking you at the start as well that you, I said, I thought you would both be um, in the same accommodation, but you were very quick to tell me that you're you're in separate accommodation. Is, uh, is that just to give a bit of space? Yeah, get a bit of space. We were, we're with each other quite a lot of training, um, and obviously not too far away. It's only about five less minute drive away um so yeah I think it's good to to have a bit of space and kind of also um have separate people uh, staying with like Sarah still with their course mates and stuff like that so I think that's good to have that separation from cricket a bit as well no I agree I agree um me and my sister I don't think could spend that much time that much time together uh so Sarah and Catherine so Sarah you're a, a keeper batsman uh 21 years old um, and Catherine, you're an all-rounder, 23 years old, so very close in age um, and obviously bright, bright, long futures ahead. So what I want to do today is I want to take you back to the start, you know, childhood. I want to talk to you a little bit about your family, a little bit about your background and how cricket came about. So I'll go to you first, Catherine. Um, I think it's it's always kind of been on TV growing up. Um, I remember watching the 2005 Ashes at my grandparents' house just on years ago. Um, that's probably kind of like the first memory that I can still remember of watching cricket um, and just constantly playing different sports in the garden, being thrown the balls, um, hitting balls, um, everything like that, um, every sport really. Um, and then we were lucky enough um, at George Watson's, there was a girls cricket team there um, already kind of set up by Liz Smith um, so it was pretty much the only school in Edinburgh at that time that had a girls cricket team uh, so just kind of got a letter home saying do you want to join this club and um, apparently I came home with it still scrunched in my hand saying I've got to got to go along to this um, so yeah kind of went along to cricket aged about nine-ish I think um, just for some like winter nets and that's kind of first experience of playing cricket and yeah never looked back yeah never looked back so was that similar for for you Sarah was it did you both watch the ashes together I mean great you know the big Freddie Flintoff was uh was making making headlines at that point but were you the same was that the early inspiration yeah I was probably there watching it I was only five when that happened so I don't actually really remember it but yeah, it was still, I remember getting like cuddly toys thrown and taking diving catches across the sofa and, you know, that was just kind of always there around the house. And then when Catherine started playing in a kind of popular setup, um, I was just kind of go along with my dad to pick her up and play catch at the side and then kind of got invited to join in and that's kind of where it started. So do your parents have any cricketing interest? Yeah, dad played um, quite a bit of school, I think. Um, and mum never played, but she watched quite a lot. She grew up in the Lake District, so okay. kind of went to Old Trafford quite a bit as a child. So, so that's where it kind of, because so it wasn't just by chance, you know, you both took a liking to cricket. Dad would have had it on uh, watching it, and you kind of jumped, jumped in and took a liking to it, which is, which, is, which is fantastic. So you started at what George Watson's, you said, you were nine at the time. Sarah, I'm assuming, gradually started following suit and came in as well. What was the kind of um, opportunities like at that point as you kind of got to kind of 11, 12, 13? Where, you know, was there much representative opportunities? Was there much of a league? Did you have many good teams to play against? Um, we, we played quite a lot of games against like university teams um, in Edinburgh or 
in like St Andrews and stuff as well because I think a lot of those those teams at the time were fairly new people that had kind of come to cricket and started at university and um, so the standards were fairly similar uh, so I had some good games against university teams um, and as I got into first year um, second year actually um, of senior school just kind of got invited along to play with the boys um, in the summer term rather than doing tennis uh, so I kind of just started playing with them um, there wasn't a massive amount of kind of regional women's cricket at that time for, for younger people. Um, but I think it was 13 and Sarah's 11. Um, we both got uh, called up to the Scotland under 17s wow. um, for the first time. And we kind of didn't really expect that we were going to be doing much, but kind of thrown straight in there. And uh, Sarah's wiki keeping. And I think I was thrown into bat three or something. And um I guess when you're that age you just kind of get on with it and <laughs> and go along um, but yeah uh, that was kind of the experience we had getting into it. 11 years old Sarah and you're playing with uh, with people I seen a picture like I don't know which one of you it was but you're with the girl is it Ross, Rossi? Uh, was it Ryan? Yeah and yeah. you're like she's like high tower and you're like up to her knee or something like that I don't know which, I don't remember which one of you it was but yeah, is that, is, that, was that what it was like early doors you know you were you were a lot smaller than everybody else how did you as it feel as an 11 year old playing with you know all these older girls yeah I think I was quite nervous um but I think it was that was where it was really good having Catherine there to kind of someone that I obviously knew and um, kind of looked after me but I think all the girls were like really good at I guess because I was so young, they probably thought I was really cute or whatever, and just looked after me. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, when you're that age, you don't really know exactly kind of what's going on all the time. You're just kind of playing cricket and enjoying yeah. it. Um, so I think in, in a way that could probably made it easier. And you mentioned you played with the boys. I'm assuming coming through, there will be a lot of times where you've trained with the, trained with the guys' teams. Um, is that is that helped you as well? You know, build your confidence. Yeah, I think that's been huge. We've kind of been playing with the boys' teams pretty much since we started. And I, mean, I still play a little bit of men's cricket when I'm back home with Watsonians. Um, and I think that's made a big difference to kind of our development because obviously the standard is just better. There's more, or at least there used to be a lot more boys playing cricket. So it was that kind of extra opportunity to more training and more games at that higher level. And obviously they can be quite competitive, but... I really enjoyed that and just kind of got stuck in. Um, so, yeah, I think that was huge. Um, and huge thanks, obviously, to all the boys that we kind of, we've played with and men that we play with now that they're so accepting of letting us play and um, bringing us into the team. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's what I was going to ask. You know, have you, how have you found the guys were with you? Um, I mean, I, the only, I did a podcast not so long ago. The first girl I ever seen play cricket was, was a girl called Barry Maxwell. Bit older than bit older than your girls, but she used to come and play in the festival with her and the end of fifteen festival. She got fifties against the boys. Some of the guys didn't like it. You know, they were you, you could see that it was a bit like what's going on here. There's a girl actually playing better than us. How have you found how have you found that with it with the boys? I think um like the boys that I on the same team as, um, I think they're just quite competitive. So anyone that made the team better or did well they just don't really care as long as you're helping them win games and um, there's probably a few people they played against that are kind of don't want to get out to a girl or oh there's a girl playing on the other team like this is an easy wicket or and everything like that um but I think gradually as as you play against them more regularly they kind of notice that you you're kind of at the same standard as them um and get used to it but the guys that we played with were fantastic and um, just accepted. I bet I bet there's a few guys that that comment came to bite in the backside uh, <laughs> yeah. when, it, when, it, when it got said, and I bet it gave you, I bet it gave you a little bit of satisfaction as well that you know you're you're there and you mean business. So, all in all, you mentioned as well, Catherine. You mentioned tennis. You know, I always ask, I'm a guest. Did you play? Did you girls play a lot of other sports? Yeah, I play a lot of um, hockey uh, throughout school. Still played it uh, for the first couple of years of uni as well. Um, I always kind of really enjoyed that. Just during the winter, uh, kind of the off-season, keep fit. Um, also, just kind of being able to play a sport that's competitive, but maybe doesn't matter so much. Um, I've always really enjoyed. But yeah, I've always played just kind of every sport that I can at school, um, in PE and whatever, um, and play a bit of golf as well. So just love basically every sport that I can play. Yeah, same for you, Catherine. Just love trying your hand at anything. Yeah, definitely. Played quite a bit of tennis when we were younger and then started playing hockey through school. 
um, played squash, played golf, um, just anything really that that you um, can get involved with, you know, we'd be keen to do it. So would that be advice you would give to youngsters coming through, try your hand at whatever you want and you never know what you'll really stick with? Yeah, definitely. And I think there's so many transferable skills between all the different sports as well, you know, hand-eye coordination, general fitness, whatever it is, and just enjoying it. And I think that's really important that, you know, don't specialise too young, but you just enjoy playing sport and see kind of what happens and what you maybe happen to be good at and want to take more seriously later on. Mum and dad, massive support to you, to both you girls. Um, obviously, dad must be super proud both his girls have chosen to take down and make careers in cricket. But yeah, just a bit on your parents and their influence. Yeah, huge, really. Um, they still, if they can, try and come to every game. And I think it was a bit strange last year when we were playing. Um, luckily, the games are live streamed, but not being able to come and watch us. So even when we've been away, they'd just come and travel um, and support. And yeah, they'd always be willing to kind of take us to any extra training sessions um, anywhere it was. So probably really got the miles up in the car, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, just to have them there and supporting, I think really helps kind of through that first stage. Um, but yeah, my mum says she, the last thing she expected when she had two girls was to be cleaning whites every week. <laughs> I bet, I bet. And Sarah, like the good thing would have probably been that you were getting taken to the same venue a lot of the time, which I'm assuming made things a little bit easier for your parents, but just a bit from yourself as well and your parents and, 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 and their influence. Yeah, they've been absolutely brilliant. Like, always supported us, always taking us to all the games, like Catherine said. And, you know, if we have been in separate areas, they'd take one of us each and they'd swap over each week so that they weren't favouritising it either of us. But, yeah, no, they've been absolutely brilliant, always there for us. No, that's 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 awesome. I could tell from from stuff I've seen online um, that your, 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 your mum and dad have had, a, have had a lot of influence, seen some pictures and stuff as well. They always seem to be around the tournaments and stuff. So that's that's uh, that, that's that's really awesome to hear. I want to touch on some of the old guard, um, some of the some of the women cricketers that I would have known when I was when in my playing times, and that was the likes of uh, Carrie Anderson, who I believe is now out in New Zealand coaching, um, and then more recently as well, Abby Aitken, who was captain for Scotland for a while. What kind of influence have these girls had on you? Um, I think Carrie is just basically see her as like she is Scottish women's cricket really um she was kind of around from the start um and I think has made a huge impact on the women's game I think there was one point where she was um head coach of the women's team and doing all the grassroots stuff um, and inspiring girls to kind of take up cricket so kind of the dedication that she put in to developing the game um, in Scotland was absolutely huge and always kind of fighting for the women's team as well um, within the organisation um, so yeah having someone like her um, I think has made a massive difference and then um, like playing alongside her as well just just to see the fight that she has to, to compete um, when she's playing as well was incredible. Paved the way for the likes of you to come through, Sarah. Um, you, you must you must be thankful to to, to the girls the girls like that, that that what they've done for Scottish cricket. Yeah, hugely thankful. Obviously, I think the women's team first got set up in two thousand. So the fact that it's come so far in twenty years is is really cool. And um, you know, it wouldn't have happened without all of those um, players before us, kind of um, paving the way, like you say. And yeah, I feel extremely lucky to have played alongside the likes of Carrie and uh, been able to kind of learn off her firsthand. You know, she just has so much cricket knowledge and she's always willing to share it. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, awesome, awesome. So around 2015 is when you girls get your first real exposure um, playing in a big global tournament. Thailand, of all places, you know, what was it like going out there? I mean, you would have been both still teenagers at the time. Yeah, it was a real experience. Um, it was the first proper, um, I mean, we'd been to Dubai a few years ago as like a development tour. Um, it was sort of an under-21s team, but it was kind of the pro first proper um, international tour that we'd been on. Um, and also, obviously, I think it was the first global tournament that Scotland women had been part of. Um, so it was really exciting. Um, and again, just, just loved the opportunity to kind of get out there and Playing on different pitches as well was was a, a new experience. So what are the decks? What are the decks like in Thailand? They were they're a bit slower 
Um, I think the outfields were pretty thick. Um, the grass there, I think I remember. Um, and quick singles in. Well. Yeah, lots of running. <laughs> Too much running. In, in it's hot as well. Heat as well, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first training session. Um, I think there was quite a few people that were not feeling great after that um after being, being, being scottish and all you know it's not yeah. something we're uh, we're too accustomed to plenty of, water, yeah. plenty of water yeah water i'm imagining plenty of water sun cream was out um listen i'm lucky that i've got a bit of complexion but i've played with some boys over over the years my fellow, fellow scottish teammates and i I can imagine what you girls were like as well. There was a few prawns in the morning, you know, with that with that sun beating down, and, and in the days that people forgot to top up on the sun cream, God, I've seen some people suffering at the back end of the day. But again, great culture experience for you. Great to 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 be out there. How did you do in the tournament? How did you both do personally? Yeah, I um, only really played in a couple of games, um, but uh, didn't do too badly. Kept looking. Um, but as a team, we came fourth, I believe, uh, which was a pretty good achievement for us. I think we didn't really know what to expect going into it because uh, it was the first global tournament that Scotland women had played in since mm -hmm. 2008. Um, so, yeah, we never we didn't really know where we would sit. Um, so I think we were pretty pleased with coming fourth in the end. No, oh, brilliant, brilliant. So by having that experience going into 2017 World Cup qualifiers, um, You've got that experience behind your belt now. You know, you must have been more confident going in. And talk to me a little bit about that tournament. Yeah, definitely. Like, a couple of years, more experience. Um, definitely knew how to deal with the heat a little bit better and hydrating yourself. Um, but, yeah, no, that was a really good big tournament because that one also had the likes of um, South Africa and Pakistan Um we're also in that tournament because uh, the 50, it was 50 over instead of T20. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a great experience. I didn't actually have a great tournament um, that time. I couldn't score a run to save my life. Um, happens, happens. But, yeah, so it was a very, it was actually quite a tricky time cricketing wise, but I just absolutely loved being out there. And it's still really special that we get to go to those kind of places and to play cricket. Uh, it was pretty cool. Just on that, when you mentioned there, not scoring many runs. Um, what did what got you through those times? Because I, I know from a previous experience as well, you go through stages in your career, and you're, you girls are going to go through stages in your career. I mean, you've just had a really purple patch, but there will be times where it just might not be coming out of the middle and you, and, and you get a low score. How do you mentally process that and, and deal with the challenge of that? Yeah, it was pretty difficult. At the time, I remember just training more and more and more um, and trying to, like, work out that way but I was then feeling good in the nets and then I'd go out and nick off first ball or whatever yep, it just wasn't yep. working and it was extremely frustrating but I, I think it was just kind of relying on those people around you who just kept reminding you that you've, you've done it before it will happen again you just got to stick at it um, and then eventually because uh, I was opening the batting at the time and I moved down the order so I batting like three or four or something so wasn't facing the new ball as much anymore and I just gradually I started to get a few 20s and then a few 30s and then the confidence started to come back a little bit. Yeah. And then I remember playing, it was actually a third 11 game um, for Watsonians. Um, the day after I'd prize giving left school on an artificial pitch, um, I scored 15. So it probably wasn't the best standard or anything like that. But, but, but it was actually gave getting that, to gave you that boost. Yeah, it just really gave me a lot of confidence. And then from there, it just started to come back um, and gradually started to remember what it felt like to score runs again. And then, Thankfully, yeah, started scoring a few more. Well, listen, the next couple of tournaments, I mean, we didn't touch on you then. How, how was the 2017 tournament for you, Catherine? It was okay. Um, I think bowling-wise, it was, it was pretty good. Um, we're just kind of getting more established in the team. Um, Batting-wise... It was okay again. Um, like we had, it was it was quite tricky. Um, we we'd had a good run up to the tournament, so the European qualifiers that we played in against the Netherlands. Um, I think we beat them three nil in that series, um, and I think that was the one of the first times that we've been a really strong squad together. Kind of lots of people making contributions um, and stuff like that. So kind of going into the competition, we we're feeling feeling pretty good. Um, like Sarah said, with it being only an eight team World Cup, there was quite a few high ranked opposition. So mm -hmm. I just remember we played South Africa. Um, 
and like some of the great players like Gazelle Lee, Marzan Cap and all those were, were playing for them and um, we struggled with the bat a little bit but Carrie ground out like a really tough 50 to kind of get us wow. a few runs on the board um, and it was just really exciting so we managed to get them four down or something pretty quickly um, amazingly I mean the first ball pretty much from Lizelle Lee went for six over mid off and I was just like oh this is going to be over very quickly um, and then Rachel Scholes took an absolute screamer at slip um, and just kind of having that buzz against a really good team like that and um, I think knowing that you've got it in you a little bit but they just they had that consistency and the experience and the order to kind of settle them down and and get them over the line but I just remember that being a really memorable match. Well rubbing shoulders were the best in the world it gives you that benchmark of you must have walked off the pitch that day and thought right okay that you know we're here just now and we know now what we need to put in because if you don't get that exposure you're never really going to get the opportunity to get to that level so did that give you the confidence you know getting a wicket or you know getting that we, we can't we maybe got 50 more runs against them you might have got them in a little bit more trouble yeah definitely I think knowing that you can do it and you've got it in you to kind of take take the wicket of of the best in the world and um, just kind of really gives you that confidence and um yeah that experience to kind of take into training and everything to to know what kind of standard you've got to be at to be able to compete awesome moving forward you know you've girls have had your experience now you've had like your initiation you've played on on the world stage you've experienced playing against the you know test playing test playing countries um and you come into the the 2018 um, ICC T20 qualifiers and Sarah, you put away the you put to bed the challenges of before and you had a, a standout tournament. You scored 162 runs in five matches and you were named the, the rising star of the tournament. Yeah, it was nice to kind of finally put it together um, in those kind of bigger matches. Um, I think you know I'd had decent runs um, in some of the kind of European qualifiers um, or in the kind of county. Um, games before but I'd never quite fired kind of on that bigger stage um, so to kind of finally start scoring a few more runs um, when it mattered more um, was kind of I think quite a big turning point for me um, so yeah it was good to kind of have a decent tournament there. Uh, yeah. Proud big sister watching your watching your little sister you know really announce herself on the international scene. Yeah definitely because I think I see how hard she works and how how much she wants to do it for the team. So I know that she had it in her um, and she kind of proved it in so many county games, but actually to get that opportunity and for all to come together um, and make it look so comfortable um, at still such a young age was, yeah, really proud. Yeah, uh, mum and dad must have been absolutely buzzing as well. And obviously, you know, to get named in the, the ICC Global Development Squad as well, that must have just been a a really special achievement and really lifted your confidence to know that right I'm I'm here now and I'm I'm going to I'm going to take it on from here. Yeah, definitely 100%. And that was actually just such a great kind of squad to be part of as well. We played against some of the teams in the KSL um, pretty much straight after that tournament and getting to kind of play alongside people in other teams that you've just been playing against was kind of odd, but it was also, you know, a really nice experience and get to learn off those kind of different cultures and the way they kind of go about their games in a different way. Yeah, it's really good. So not to be upstage, moving forward into another, a future tournament, uh, 2018, which was a big tournament for you, Catherine, because not only were you a, a leading player in the squad, but you were getting the pass of the torch from Abby Aitken, who was stepping down as captain and you, and you were coming in to, to fill those shoes. Big time, big moment in your career. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a real honour to kind of take that over um, from Abby, but also big shoes to fill. She'd, she'd done it for about eight years, I think, maybe more. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I was fortunate to still have her in the team um, and still have that experience with me when I when I started out. Um, I mean, I captained the Scotland under-17s for about five years four or five years um so kind of had that experience of captaining a team um and I'd then been vice captain for a couple of years with the women but I think kind of taking it on um was quite a big responsibility but just kind of knew um that I just wanted to perform as well as possible myself to kind of lead um that way as captain and just learn as much as possible from from the experienced players that still had around me well you certainly led from the front um you scored a you scored 168 runs in five matches. 
taking the captaincy over, you know, that perfect start uh, in the captaincy role because there's nothing worse when you're captain if you don't perform and you're expecting your teammates to perform. It's, it's a little bit harder, especially as a new captain as well. So you, that must have really filled you with confidence. Yeah, definitely. It always helps um, when you're able to perform and kind of makes it a bit easier to kind of give people the, a bit of confidence and say, come on, come with me and you can do it as well. Whereas I think if you're at the bottom, it's difficult to say, oh, it's easy. Just go out and bat and score runs when you, you can't do it yourself. Um, but yeah, that's kind of always the way that I've wanted to be and carry on as captain. That's that's the main thing that I try and do is, is kind of lead by example and, and perform in kind of all areas of the game. And how was Abby um, on the pitch? I mean, she's obviously done this for so long. How did she deal with the transition and how did you deal with the transition? Because you're obviously used to taking orders from her for the last eight years and now you're the one giving the orders. Sometimes it can be, I know from, you see it in some test teams and some other teams and you hear it in the media, the passing of the torch is not that easy. Was it a very smooth process? Yeah, it was pretty smooth, really. Um, she said that she was going to try and make as much, cause as much trouble as possible. Now that she's not captain, she's not in charge of, of well, being well behaved. So she, can um, lead the anti- she can lead all the off the field exactly. antics now. She's leading all the young ones astray now. Um, but yeah, no, it was brilliant to have have that experience and kind of calm head on her. Um, just kind of ask um, any questions that you needed um, and to, to yeah, still have her around the team for someone that's kind of been around for such a long time and to, to still be part of it. Um, I think it's, it's good for her to kind of take that step back and be able to focus on herself again as well. Um, rather than having to worry about everyone again, she can just really focus on her game. Uh, something I've noticed with your with the girls team, um, you really strike me in a lot of the images I see. Now I've not seen on, the, I've not been to many games. I've not really seen, you know, live you guys playing. I've watched a bit on online, but you really strike me as a very tight unit. You know, you really all look like you enjoy each other's company. It really looks like quite a family. Would you, would you, is that your, is that your, is that your feeling, Sarah? Yeah, I think we get on really well kind of as a team and we just enjoy playing with each other most of the time. So uh, I think that makes a big difference. You know, when you go out on pitch, you need to kind of fight for each other and fight with each other. And, um, you know, if you have that trust in each other, it makes such a big difference. So, yeah, I think we get, get on really well and that makes such a big difference. So what are the, what are the, what's, a, what's a traditional tour like with the Scotland Wildcats? I mean, what kind of stuff do you get up to? I mean, I could, I could tell you plenty of stories from... From the from the men's tours, but they're all you know I, I've heard all of them and I know about all of them. But you know what kind of stuff goes on with the with the women's team when you're on tour? Um, what do we do? Uh, In bed by seven o'clock. <laughs> like so no nothing else. Um, I think it's difficult sometimes to kind of keep yourself occupied, and um, but lots of tea drinking um, to keep us going, a few card games. Um, we start playing Monopoly Deal. I think it was in, in Thailand, maybe for the first time that we started doing that. And, you know, a few people showed their true colours in, in their playing card games, um, just trying to sneakily steal a few extra cards and things like that. Um, but I won't name and shame anyone. Um, <laughs> But yeah. yeah, no, I think trying to get out and experience. What about, what about any what about any buckets of water being put against any doors and chapped in the doors and stuff like that? Do you girls do any of those kind of antics or does anyone's room ever get completely ransacked and uh, kind of emptied? I mean, these are some of the things that the, the, the stupid boys get up to. Do the girls get up to any of these kind of antics? Not so much, really. Mm. Um, quite I'm giving a... some ideas right now. So if any of the girls are watching, yeah, yeah. feel free to knock on the skipper's door next time you're on tour. You leave a bucket of water, you fill it up, you lean it against the door, you knock on the door and you run and the rest is history. And you, you don't say anything to anybody. So just keep that in the down low. Uh, I'm, 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 only, I'm only playing, but these are the kind of idiot, idiot, idiot things that we used to do. So yeah. maybe you, I think maybe you're just sitting on the fence. You don't want to tell me what happens on tour. What happens on tour stays on, stays on tour. But uh, so we've got some card sharks. We've got some, but that just sounds like nice camaraderie, to be honest. You know, you're all spending time together. Is that, again, coming back to what you were saying, Sarah, just being around each other's company, enjoying each other's company, it helps when you're on tour? Yeah, it makes a big difference. You know, it can be quite a difficult time, I think, away from home if you don't kind of get along with each other and 
you've obviously got your roommate, which makes a big difference. Um, and, you know, you often just kind of spend time in either like a team room or hotel lobby or wherever it is, just kind of spending a bit of time with each other and, you know, quizzes and whatever we can come up with really to keep ourselves entertained. What about rain delays? What do you girls get up to? A bit of bouncy in the end, a bit of bouncy in the changing room, a bit of test. Yeah, a bit of one hand, one bounce. One hand, one bounce. Yeah, gets quite competitive. Yeah, very competitive. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, what what other kind of things do you girls do in your downtime? Do you like to read? Do you like to what 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 do you like? To, I mean, we all it's important to switch off as well. What do you like doing with yourselves when you're away from the game? Yeah, well, I've played a lot of music and kind of stuff at school, um, so I still enjoy that a lot. Especially when I'm back home, I really enjoy like playing the piano and. All that kind of stuff. What at uni I don't have a piano here, obviously. So I've got kind of a wee ukulele that I've got in my room that nice, nice. I'm teaching myself a little bit. So yeah, I quite enjoy doing kind of different musical things to kind of completely switch off from cricket and sport and do something a bit different. Catherine? Yeah, similar. Um probably go out play a bit of golf. Um probably should be doing more studying, but it's fine. <laughs> still here <laughs> um but yeah I play a bit of music and stuff with Sarah um yeah fortunate to to be able to done that um I think got quite a few musicals fa- musical fans um in the group as well so listening to a lot of a lot of different music um and stuff as well which is it's good fun just singing along to all of that yeah no good it's important to switch off because when you're at tournaments and you're training and everything, it gets quite intense it really is important to switch off as well so, girls, just in recent times, you've made big, big news. Uh, you were both up for nomination for the Women's uh, Associate Cricketer of the Decade. Um, what was it like, first of all, being nominated? Yeah, really special. I remember it when it first came out, it wasn't the ICC tweet that we first saw it through. So we weren't really sure whether this was like a legit thing or whether it was like fake. And then it became apparent that it was... An actual thing and it's yeah just a real honour to kind of even kind of be thought about and nominated um so yeah just a big honour really. What were your what were your expectations I mean once you got nominated did you was there, was there any banter at home of uh you know could could little sister top big sister? I think it was um more the difficulty for mum and dad it was like who's going to vote for who um we need to vote for one each and honestly all of that that's a good really way to difficult. do it I think that's yeah. a good way to do it <laughs> or, because that could have went that could have went pear-shaped you know yeah. um so that was very smart by mum and dad yeah yeah definitely um but like a little bit a little bit of banter but but not too much I think just really proud of each other I think for kind of the the performances they put in over their, over the last wee while um and yeah just I think for Cricket Scotland in general, getting so many nominations um, across the men's men's team as well, just kind of um, the recognition for for Cricket Scotland and in, in the hard work they've kind of put in over the last ten or so years. Well, listen, I, I think you're both coming across very humble, but I mean to have two sisters from the same household nominated for such a, a prestige award um, is is really fantastic, and and I think you're fantastic role models for all girls in, in, in any form of sport. But it's great to have two Scottish girls who are uh, waving the flag. Um, and I've, I, I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there now that are, are, are looking at you two and thinking, wow, you know, they, they're really making inroads in their cricket. You know, they get, they're really getting recognised. Because again, I'll go back and say, it's sad, I guess, for the likes of Carrie Anderson because great cricketer, but the opportunities were not around that maybe you girls have now. Yeah, 100%. I just kind of remember growing up and speaking to my friends at school and they were like, do you want to like do cricket as a career? And I was always like, oh, no, it's not really possible. You know, the only way to do that is, you know, playing for England or Australia or whatever. And um, it was just never a thing. I was just playing because I enjoyed it, whereas now it has become a career. And I think now that young people can look at it and see that right from the start, we'll hopefully encourage more people to kind of play or not give it up so early for other sports and and um, that's really exciting to see that kind of progression that's happened. So Catherine, Women's Associate Cricketer of the Decade, along with Kyle Kutzer, um, being the ma- being the Men's Associate Cricketer of the Decade, obviously there was a couple of, like you mentioned, Callum and Richie were, were up for nomination as well. How did you feel when you, how did you get given the news? Um, just got a call from Paul 
um, Vakari basically saying, oh, um, you just to let you know, it's not going to be announced yet, but you have got the award and expect a package to come through through the door at some point um, uh, and just take a video and look surprised when you open it um, sort of thing. But yeah, just a real honour to, to kind of find out. Um, and then the the prize that we got it was like it'd been a commissioned like piece of artwork um of us a picture of us so I wasn't really sure what to expect when I was told that a piece of art was going to be coming um thought it might be something a bit random but yeah it's actually pretty cool in the end um but yeah just fantastic honor and what were the what were the celebrations like in the Bryce household yeah not not too wild um given when we were in lockdown at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was kind of around Christmas time. So just had a few drinks to celebrate um, and like kind of the nomination and everything as well. And I'm sure um, dad will be sending out, we've got a few prints along with it. So I'm sure he'll be sending them out to a few different people. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, it's definitely a, a party that when things get back to normal, I think there should be a big celebration um, in honour of, of what you and Kyle have achieved and I hope Cricket Scotland do do something because I think it's just it's it's really wonderful to see that both of you have been given that recognition and I think uh, your goal now should be Sarah to to get your hand on that award next time round. Next decade, um, yeah. So you know you're young enough to, to 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 fight for that. So that's that that's a good goal for you, I think, yeah. to, to get that because that would be awesome to have mum and dad to have both awards up yeah. in the up in the house of both both girls achieving that. So yeah. you 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 go for it. Um, more now moving away from Scottish cricket, uh, you've obviously been where I've been. See, I've been seeing online, you know, with the with the with the Lightning team, the girls have just been churning out the hundreds and making the headlines regularly. And I think what looks really cool is seeing you both together, two sisters, making a big bit of noise down south. How how's that set up been for you, and how much has that progressed your cricket? Yeah, it's been huge. I think we so we both come to Loughborough University. Um, and the setup here's been pretty pretty good for, for quite a few years now. A lot of the England girls, I think, are alumni of Loughborough University, and um, the Sally Ann Briggs set up the MCCU, I think, and did a lot of work with that. Um, she'd left by the time I arrived, uh, but Rob Taylor's kind of took over, and um, the facilities that they have here, obviously, with the National Cricket Performance Centre, um, and the kind of gyms and power base and everything, because obviously there's a lot of sport here, um, has made such a big difference, I think, since coming here, because it's really since we've been at uni, we've been training almost in a professional... It's just on your doorstep, in, it's just yeah. on your doorstep. You've got access to it all the time, really. Yeah, you can just, you were always pre-COVID anyway, you were able to just book a lane whenever you wanted, uh, really, and go and have an extra hit. So kind of being able to have that professional environment without being professional um, was has made such a big difference, I think, over the last few years, um, yeah. Must be really handy for both of you that you're never sure, I mean, you've always just got each other a knock away, listen, I need to have a hit, or, you know, I, I, I would like to work on this or work on that. Must be really handy to have, all the way through your career, to have you have each other's sisters to help out. Yeah, definitely. I think, because we've grown up together and played a lot of games and played a lot of cricket together, we know each other really well. Um, so, if you're struggling just to kind of have that person there that kind of knows what you're going through or what you need to kind of get back to, to back to your best is really really helpful and yeah like someone to, to bowl at or to give you throws and anything like that that you need um it's always great to have the mix of studies along with your cricket career um, I, I think times have changed now you know there's a lot more emphasis put on making sure that you've got that opportunity as well and I think the from what I hear and see, the counties are quite supportive of it as well. How have you found juggling your studies and playing cricket at such a high level? Yeah, I think it's kind of really important to kind of have that background because I think obviously cricket, I hope it lasts for a while, but you never know what's going to happen. So I think it's always good to have that as kind of a bit of a backup. And um, the union, kind of everyone's been really good at kind of supporting you through that if you need um, help with balancing time whatever they kind of give you that or um, if you need to miss a few training sessions for whatever reason they're, they're really accommodating of that and that's really helpful to make it kind of make it work and because they I think they understand the importance of it and um, they're willing to kind of help you through it. What are you both studying? I read I think one of you is doing sports science and or one's doing maths or are you both doing sports science? 
Yeah, I'm doing maths and Kathleen's doing sports science. So Sarah's quite brainy then. Brains, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and works hard. <laughs> yeah, maths. That, I can't imagine that's uh, that's very easy. Well, you're obviously it comes to you naturally. Um, so am I right in saying then that Catherine doesn't enjoy the studying element as much and Sarah, it comes to you a bit more naturally? Yeah, yeah I think that sums up pretty well. Catherine's yeah. obviously... So do you need lesson. to rein her in? Do you need to rein her in a little bit and just let her know that you should really be in your room doing some studies rather than hitting a golf ball or going out for a stroll? Yeah, she doesn't really listen though. She's very chill. So she's like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And I'd imagine Catherine is always going to, come on, you've done enough now. Let, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's go and do something else. You'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. You'll pass well, anyway. You'd why yeah. do you, why, I can imagine she says to you quite often, why do you study so much? You're going to pass anyway. Yeah, and I think because I've always been younger as well, her exams have always seemed more important. So she's always like, oh, they're just SP exams. It doesn't really matter. Oh, it's only your, your national life. It doesn't really matter. No, it's only your first year exams. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. Again, oh, though, it's good that you've got each other um, to, to, to support each other because... It's, it's, it's really powerful, and I, I think the fact that you're studying together, you're playing sport together, you really are very blessed um, to have each other. And, and I think, um, you know, you, you must be really a big a big influence on that Scotland team as sisters. I think a lot of the players must, they can all look up to even the even girls coming through in the system now. I've noticed you, you, you've done a session with some young kids um, from a few setups. Is that something you, you're always open to being involved in? I think it's really important. Yeah, definitely. I think you don't realise until you kind of get the feedback from them how how important it is to be there. I mean, you you, you never see yourself as someone that they'd probably be looking up to. But when you go along to the sessions and they kind of know a bit about you and they, they kind of ask you some questions about that, then you kind of like have a think about it and actually go like I have have made a difference and someone is looking up to me. So that kind of inspires you to kind of keep giving back um, and just keep keep being a role model to them and actually kind of going along to a session and not necessarily doing a massive amount um, but just kind of being there and giving them a bit of support and advice um, actually means a lot to them. You're always quite open to that Sarah I mean it's, it's it's really just your time isn't it you're really just giving up your time there and you might make a difference to some some young girl's future in her career. Yeah definitely and I think I was lucky growing up to have people that were always kind of supporting us and um came along and gave up their time for us. So I think it's only right that we then give back to the game and hopefully continue its, help continue its development as well. So the the 100 has just been announced and both of you have secured contracts and you're, you, you, you're in the, you're, you've, got your, you've got your teams. But it was really cool as well, and I'm actually going to be speaking to her quite soon as well, one of your teammates, Abtaha McSood, who has uh, also been given an opportunity to play. You must be thrilled to bits about that. Yeah, absolutely delighted. I remember when she first messaged me, um, and yeah, I just absolutely so like happy for her. She's she's been my roomie since since we started. All right, you two are you two are tight then. You're yeah, tight. Okay. yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I'm just so proud of her. You know, she works so hard, and she always underestimates herself and didn't think she'd have any chance of uh, getting contracts. So, just like so pleased for her. Uh, she's just so happy, and I know she'll make the most of the opportunity. So, just yeah. on that front, I, I mean. I come from a Muslim background. Abta is obviously a Muslim as well. She wears the she wears the hijab, the headscarf. I think it's just awesome how inclusive that you guys as a team have been. I think there's another girl as well that plays in the Scotland team who who also is from a Muslim background and wears the scarf. You it just strikes me again that you know it's a very easy side to come into. And as as you as captain, is that something that you thrive that you want your team to be really welcoming? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's fantastic uh, to have Abta and Nikra as role models because um, I, f- I think um, Ikra spoke a bit about kind of being quite self-conscious, um, wearing the hijab and, and playing sports um, was quite often um, frowned upon um, yeah. for, for her. So I think it's brilliant to kind of have, have them as role models for other girls um, to kind of look and say, I can do that as well, um, and we've learned so much from them as well, um, and their and their background. And um, Mr. Maxud's famous, um, what is it? His what is it, Sarah? His nan bread. His nan He's bread. Like famous around the his team. That is definitely. Um, but yeah, I think Abta is just massively 
grown and in confidence in the last few years. So kind of having that opportunity um, for hopefully more of the girls to, to kind of get the opportunity and gain that experience will hopefully really help her develop and um, yeah just just spread the spread the game as wide as possible. Well that's the other thing I mean you, it's kind of an untapped source there because as we all know the subcontinent background of cricket I mean you go down to most sports cricket sports clubs in Scotland there's a, a lot of young Asian boys playing cricket there but what you touched on is very true and what Ikra has said that it's kind of like the upbringing and the, the the older generations would never see it as a girl should not be down at a sports club playing cricket, and it's, it's completely wrong. I mean, these girls are comf they're covered up, they, they, they're comfortable, and they're, you guys are welcoming to it. So there's no reason why we can't see more girls from a, a Muslim background or other ethnicities come into the sport, because it's only going to benefit Scottish cricket in the long run. Yeah, 100%. And I think they've both shown that it, it doesn't get in the way at all. There's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be playing cricket and that they can't play it to a high level as well. Um, so, yeah, it's just absolutely brilliant that those two are there and uh, such great role models for everyone. So, girls, what's the future hold then? What are we, what are your goals? What are you looking, I mean, obviously, big competition coming up with 100. Um, what does the future hold for the, for the two of you and the Scotland team as well? Um, I think getting to a World Cup um, would be huge. Um, yeah. Hopefully, kind of these qualifiers at the end of the summer and then there'll be the global qualifiers again next year um i think yeah getting to a world cup would be massive and open doors for for so many people in scotland i think it showed um get having thailand kind of get to the world cup uh, last year and um, just really kind of spread spread cricket so much and kind of the opportunities that a couple of their girls got from that um globally cricket wise I think would be huge just for the exposure um of the game in Scotland and for people to kind of see it um there's also the Commonwealth Games next summer I want to mm -hmm. say mm -hmm. um so there's qualifiers for that at some point as well so that would be a massive um massive thing as well um, so I think there's quite often a lot of different people that watch kind of like things like the, the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games like I've definitely watched some sports that you'd never really think of watching but because they're all on um, and you're just kind of supporting Team Scotland or whatever you just kind of flick over um, and watch that channel so that would be huge I think as well. Yeah I think that's the, the only thing now missing for you girls to tick off and, and, and the rest of the girls in Scotland squad you've kind of had that you know 10, 10, 10 years plus now of, of building the structure and I think that really could take Scottish women's cricket to the next level, Sarah, if you, if you were to qualify for a World Cup? Yeah, 100%. I think that's our main big goal. And I think it has been for the last kind of few years and we keep just coming up a little bit short and falling at that last last hurdle. And, um, you know, a few times we've had kind of come fourth, like third or fourth in, in qualifiers and just not being able to quite do it um, and get that, that spot for the World Cup. And then... Um, in 2019, we had a little bit of a disappointing year, um, if we're honest with ourselves. So it's definitely something that we're really striving for. And I think it will just be a massive turning point um, for the Scottish women's cricket. So hopefully we can can do that sooner rather than later. It just sounds more like a mental thing. It just sounds like you've got the ability, the talent's all there. It's just a matter of, I mean, we're traditionally known for just falling short. So um, you girls have, have shown in recent times on the cricket field that, you know, you, that you're there to mean business. I mean, you might, a lot of the English players must have noticed you girls now. You're obviously in their setup as well. So you're making noise down there. And I, I would love to see, I mean, I really think if, if the women's team make a World Cup, then that would be a big door to open and attract so many more girls. And then to have the likes of you girls as sisters, you're up to her with her hijab on, playing in the world stage. How many other girls are going to see that? How many parents will see that and think, you know, should we be restricting our daughters from playing? Should we be encouraging it? And then hopefully you'll see a lot more girls down playing. Somebody I want to just give a big thank you to at the end um, of this podcast is Sue Strachan, who I think is, uh, I had a podcast with her, um, big, big fan of hers. I think she's just got such a, such a great attitude and she's so passionate about uh, growing the game, obviously so passionate about you girls. She, she must be a big influence and a big supporter of you girls. Yeah, she's been, it's been huge for the women's game, I think. Just her enthusiasm and in everything that she does, um, she goes out there and she'll voice, voice her opinion and, and tell people do things and actually 
get it done rather than yeah. um, just sitting in the background with ideas. Um, she actually, she goes out there and tries to make a real difference. And to have someone like that backing you in your corner, um, I think it's huge for the support. Um, and now as president um, of, of Cricket Scotland, hopefully she'll be able to have a big in- impact from inside as well. Well, it's a bit of a shame that she she got the gig and, and, and COVID set in and it's kind of slowed down the process for her. But even, you know, I see her online. She's she's so passionate about it. She's she's so She supports everybody. Um, she's been very supportive to me. She gave me a, kindly gave me an introduction to you two girls. And, um, you know, some people will say, yeah, I'll sort that out for you. Um, and they never do. Some people, you know, it's their, their prerogative. I mentioned it to her one time. And a WhatsApp group was started and I was in the chat with you and we got this set up. So that just shows me what kind of person she is. Like you say, she has a can-do attitude. And I hope she she's involved for, for a long time to come because she's she's really awesome. So thank you, Sue, for uh, for making this podcast happen. Really, really appreciate that. Girls, any final bits of advice that you would give to a young Sarah or a young Catherine Bryce, eleven year like a young eleven year old girl or twelve year old girl, what would you say to them? Um, striving to maybe play cricket down the line? I think you just keep enjoying it. Always remember why you started playing. I think that's the most important thing that you enjoy and, you know, just play as many different sports as you can and see what happens. Um, but yeah, above all else, enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy what you're doing. Skipper, what, 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 would, you, what would you be saying? Yeah, definitely. Just, just work hard and I think the more you enjoy what you're doing, like Sarah said, the more you'll want to work hard, but also the same time if you work hard then the results will kind of show when you go out and play and yeah just just drag your friends along um, and get them playing as well and hopefully see see some youngsters coming through in in the next few years and concentrate on your studies that's what Catherine meant to add at yeah, the end there as well that's why I said uh, studies are so important if you're a young person um but it's all about balance yeah that's, that's you've got that balance you've got that balance there to and if you don't quite have it You've got Sarah in the background who'll just nudge you back to your room when you're choosing to just wander a little bit and tell you to get back to your studies. Well, listen, girls, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've never got the chance to speak to you and engage with you like this before. I, I look forward to seeing you on the cricket field and getting to see you play in person sometime. And the World Cup would be amazing to see you playing in the World Cup. So keep working hard uh, and keep flying the flag for Scotland and and keep uh, keep keep giving the English some some tough times down there with the bat because it's 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 good to watch from afar. Great, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks right. very much for having us. It's been great great yeah. to speak to you. Cheers.